You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. This is episode 113, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry. My name is Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, joining me today, you've already heard her speak, is Liz O'Dwyer, and she is coming from a corporate background, and she has run her own business now for over a decade. Now, while she is passionate about her business, which incorporates customer service training and environmentally sustainable advisory to the hospitality industry, she's also more than a little enthusiastic about environmental sustainability for consumers. Now, she has a deep understanding of the detrimental effects of modern day living and the degradation that's happening to our environment on a daily basis. So Liz's experience and knowledge is something that she openly shares with others, and I'm sure we're going to hear about today, in order to assist them and us to help incorporate an abundance of small changes in their lives as well. Now, on today's show, Liz is going to share the importance of environmental sustainability in our everyday life, the simplicity with which micro change, little changes can be incorporated into our lives as well as the convenience of modern day living may not be as good for our health as we are led to believe. So welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. Thank you for having me. So share a little bit about your story, you know, why, and, and we already shared this earlier, but for the, for the point of today's conversation on the podcast, why are you so passionate about environmental sustainability? Well, it's it's our convenient lifestyle that we want, but probably need in terms mm. of achieving everything that we need to achieve in our daily lives these days. Yeah. Uh, and we need everything at our fingertips. So, for example, our coffee cups, uh, you know, we don't have that 10 minutes in our day these days to go into a cafe, sit there, enjoy our coffee, and then leave and go on our way. Mm. And there, that that way it's a zero waste coffee that you're having. We all want to go in there. We ask for a takeaway coffee. Generally, a lot of the times it is uh, the single use coffee cup and off we go on our way, on our merry way. We have that coffee and then we throw that coffee cup away. Now there's over a billion coffee cups that get thrown into landfill each year. So, you know, that's an astounding number mm. for us to have a convenient lifestyle when there are so many options out there for reusable cups yeah. these days. And there are some pretty, pretty impressive reusable cups out there. I oh, have to they say. are. They're fantastic. You almost yes. start to want to buy a whole series of them, don't you? But I think often we think, and, and you know, you mentioned this in the introduction, is that we often will think, well, how can I make an impact? But if we think about how many cups of coffee we have during a day, and if each of those are using a disposable cup, now imagine if uh, just us as one person and then the next person, the next person, we can make a huge impact just by making a decision to say, you know what, from now on, I'm not going to use disposables. I'm going to get a beautiful cup, maybe even get a logo on it. So you, you know, you're showcasing your brand while you have your coffee. Yeah, you know, yeah. that can make a huge, huge, huge Im impact. Yes, it does. Absolutely. It does. And you make a really great point because if, we, if, if, I say, okay, well, I'll go and get a takeaway coffee for, for five days. So in a week, 
I'll, I'll use the single use coffee cup. Um, so I've got five of those that I've used in a week. Now, if we all did that, mm. if, you know, 22 million people did that, there'd be 22 million less coffee cups, go, single use coffee cups going into landfill per week. So, you know, when people look at or think about sustainable change, they think about the really big things that they need to do, you know, the solar panels or selling a car or, you know, downsizing from two family cars to one family car or, you know, and I know that that can put a huge amount of pressure on on families that are so busy these days but mm. there are just so many small things that we can do and you know just the coffee cup is a fantastic example you can go and buy a reusable cup these days and you can get them from um, two dollars up to 55 dollars i've actually seen the reusable wow, coffee cup so really? yeah yeah so they're made in gold <laughs> actually they'd probably oh, be worth more if it was made yes, in gold <laughs> yeah yeah so so there really isn't any excuse to have you know a couple of coffee cups you know yeah. you can have one on your desk at work in the office you can have one at home you can have one in the car you can have collapsible coffee cups these days so you can put one in your laptop or your handbag there really isn't any excuse for not having uh, a coffee cup yeah what are some other areas that you've seen particularly as businesses that we can make quite a significant impact even though it is a small micro change uh fantastic um kitchen tips if you've got a, a, um, a kitchen in your office space is to collect your food waste mm. um, so you can actually have your reusable coffee cups or at least your mugs yes. if you want to go outside the office and go across the cafe take your mug with you they're more than happy to mm. to refill your the mug from the office it doesn't have to be a travel mug um, but collect the food waste you know food waste is another just an inconvenient waste product um, that has significant benefits if you wanted to compost it uh, and then reuse it out on the garden so if that food waste gets sent to landfill it actually creates some pretty nasty greenhouse gases which then contributes to the greenhouse gas emissions so uh, I know it's only a small thing but it does have you know, larger ramifications if we just throw that food waste into the bin. Yeah. And so that can be an office task that, you know, people are um, um, allocated to do. Um, and it can also be very beneficial from home as well. Yeah. I've even heard some stories, and you might have had as well, Liz, where the, the tops of the milk are now being de developed into limbs for children yes. and other yeah. things. It's amazing yes. the innovations that companies are now doing to, for, for social good from rubbish. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. food waste is one of those. Yeah. There's another, there's a really good um, website that I love directing people to. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm a massive believer that if you have food waste, which we'll do, you should be running a compost system at home but if you can't or won't for whatever reason mm. there's a fantastic website called share waste sharewaste.com oh. and you can register yourself as a donor uh, so you can collect your food waste and so that keeps it out of landfill which is great and then it goes to somebody else's compost which is local to where you are um, and they get the benefit of the compost at the end of the day, which yeah. is fantastic. You know, when you, when you think about um, our parents and even, you know, our grandparents, they all composted. It mm. was so healthy for the garden. And yes. actual fact, I, I love watching um, the landline and all of the innovations in farmers, but a lot of them, they call it bio biodynamics, I think it is, which is going back to, to the composting and other different things as well. But it goes to show that a lot of what we, if, what we take out and strip out and we can put that back 
It's mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's just what nature was intended it to be, isn't it? To, exactly. to recuperate uh, all of those nutrients back into the soil. Yes, yeah, yeah. And the, the funding pages these days yeah. with the dairies, as you mentioned, uh, some of them are actually going back to glass bottles, which is fantastic. Yeah. And I remember that as a child, we would come out from primary school, we'd come out at morning tea time or little play, I think they call it. Mm. And we would have our milk. And, you know, that was always, we were always told to put it back into the crate because it, would, it went back to the dairy. Yep. Um, and I know that there is, there's one dairy in particular in regional Victoria that's gone back to glass bottles uh, and they did a funding campaign to actually uh, upgrade most of their machinery to cater for that and for the washing, the, you know, the machines that need to wash and disinfect the glass bottles before they get refilled again. And now they had an issue with their plastic tops. And as you mentioned, uh, they encourage people to send the plastic tops back because that then gets used into making prosthetic limbs for people. Yes, yes. So there's some very Amazing. clever and very passionate people out there about lightening their footprint and running a viable, sustainable business in every way that they can. And it's fantastic because they're actually getting the community to actually get involved in that, which yeah. I think is just terrific. Oh, absolutely. And what I love about uh, this as well, are the, the stories that are being shared, I mean, it's a great way um, for businesses who are getting on board to create some stories around that. How are they contributing? Because... And I think this is all part very much of the whole customer's journey because as we know now, customers are tending to go to brands, to businesses who are in their business decisions, making decisions that's going to impact socially, doing social good, environmental good. So if we get behind causes and ones that really mean, you know, that, that are authentically important to us, we can create incredible stories and in how we're impacting, you know, the community and, and those situations that you've just explained something else that I think we can do and um, you know as I'm sharing this I'm thinking of it myself rather than plastic containers or plastic wrap why don't we bring the Tupperware containers which are washable and reusable those kind of things can really impact the amount of plastic that's being tossed around the place yeah it's really interesting because I've gone to a few butchers Mm. and I take my containers and some of them have said, no, we're not doing that. Here's, here's your meat and it's all wrapped in plastic and then it's put in a plastic bag. I said, at least hold the plastic bag. Mm. Uh, but some other butchers have been right on board and they said, I, I, I wish more people would bring their containers like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of education to be done around the, the scales and when they put the, they'll put the meat in the contain, container and then they put the container onto the scales where they have no idea how to tear it to actually take the weight of the container away from the meat. So there's a little bit of education um, around that, but, you know, I mean, that's a minor issue. The, the containers don't weigh that much. Yeah. Uh, but one way you can get around that is to, when you're packing before you actually leave the house and you're packing your containers, your plastic containers, put a little bit of baking paper in there. Mm. And that way when they pull out the meat, they can actually use that baking powder the baking uh, paper and put that on the scales and then they actually don't have to tear it they can just use that the the baking paper and put it into the container so 
you know, a little bit of effort on our part mm. goes a long way. And of course, when you get home, you just take all of the containers out and pop them straight into the fridge. It's fantastic. Yes, yes. It. you don't have to unwrap everything and repackage mm. and, and all of that kind of stuff. One of the things that we mentioned in the, um, the intro was that, you know, so, uh, us as consumers, we're not really aware of the modern convenience being healthy or unhealthy for us. What are some things that you've learned that you think is, is important to share? Uh, particularly plastics is a great one mm -hmm. to start with. And I always start people on plastics because I think there's just such a massive issue with that. Um, and the plastics affect different, different areas of our lives. Mm -hmm. uh, plastic bags, uh, the cling wrap, etc. You know, if we can move away from that, that's great. Um, I always advocate finding out where your local farmer's markets are mm. because the food that is sold at farmer's market is also direct from the farmer. So the farmer's probably been up at 3 or 4 a.m. that morning uh, picking the produce, getting to the farmer's markets uh, and then selling that produce. So one, you're actually supporting another local business, a small business, which mm. is, you know, my ethos wherever I can support the small business owner as a small business owner myself I understand mm -hmm. um, and really appreciate when I get supported from other small businesses as well so farmers markets they'll have fresh organic produce which is chemically free um, I've read some pretty scary reports about um, the chemicals that are grown the used in commercially grown foods mm. um, the chemicals that are used to preserve our foods uh, a lot of the times the apples that we use are actually have been sitting in cold storage for a number of months before they hit the supermarket shelves. Mm. Uh, so trying to source your food as local as possible, but as freshly as possible as well. Yeah. Um, I'm also another huge advocate for growing whatever you can at home. Uh, but also tap into your local community groups as well, because there might be a community garden that you can get involved with. And they are fantastic in terms of uh getting a plot and growing your own food, but then perhaps swapping whatever you're not growing for other people that are growing something different. So, you know, you might be growing celery and want some beetroot and, you know, Bob up the plot number 34 up there is growing beetroot. So you can actually do some produce swaps as well. So it's all about community and I'm a massive one for that. Yeah. So what are some of the impacts that you've seen? I love little uh, success stories because even the little, you know, the little impacts or the little micro changes that we make can make such a big difference. And sometimes we never hear about those. And I think sometimes as we think starting to think, oh, okay, I really should start to, to consider doing this a little bit more. Uh, and, and then we hear a success story or how it's impacted through someone else making those changes and that kind of just then pushes us you know what we need to do that so what stories can you share about some of the impacts that you've seen and heard well I love and I really take my hat off to people that have uh, moved out from suburban or city living mm. and moved out to regional or rural areas and have lightened their footprint in ways that I would never have dreamed of. But now I, I love what they do so much that I'm now starting to implement that in my day-to-day -day living. So it's when you start on a sustainable journey, it's my, my biggest thing that I can tell people is one thing at a time, change mm. one thing at a time. Um, I've tried to, because I've got so passionate about lightening the footprint and, you know, identifying the areas in my life that I want to make sustainable change happen, mm -hmm. uh, that I've tried to implement, implement too much at the one time and have fallen flat on it and nothing has stuck. Um, and I just got, 
right out of whack, right out of routine. And, you know, I started at start back at step one. And so the biggest thing that I can say to people is just make one change at a time. Uh, implement that, make sure that that becomes a, a daily part of your life that you get so, it just ingrains into your subconscious. You don't even think about the fact that you're picking up cloth bags to go to, to do your grocery shopping rather than, you know, thinking, oh, well, I'll, I'll just pay 15 cents when I get to the supermarket or, mm. you know, and all of a sudden you've got 50 million of those sitting, yeah. yeah on the back of the kitchen door um you know and it's again that's a convenient lifestyle oh who cares if I've left my bags at home I'll just buy some more because they're inexpensive um but it's it's not a, it comes down to an environmental environmental cost rather than a financial cost yes yeah for sure yeah mm. share about uh, a little bit about um because I mean your expertise is obviously customer service and a lot of the people who are listening today are more of the micro those so the solo businesses but some as we you've mentioned there's some impact that you can make on a team and environment but I'd love to to, to learn if you've heard any feedback uh, from some of the clients that you're working with that did make the change because I mentioned it already it can make a difference to our customers and even the choice that our customers will want to do business with us because we're doing this so much more proactively are you getting the sense that a lot more consumers now being mindful about where they spend their dollar going with companies who are now saying you know what we need to be more prevalent in how we are impacting uh, the environment in the decisions we make are you what, what sort of feedback are you getting there's there's still a foot in both camps there uh you know sometimes people will make will say there needs to be um you know we need to make environmental changes but it's going to cost too much and so they don't and sometimes it's it's not a huge cost difference to do what they're currently doing you know um and in terms of cafes or any business really some people are doing it really well and when they started their business they just had an automatic thing that automatic thinking that they had you know that they they were going to run a sustainable business yeah. but they actually don't include it in their marketing and I say you've got to scream that from the rooftops yes. because you know people are making the change there's a lot more awareness about wanting to support sustainable businesses no matter what industry that they're in mm-hmm. um, and so there is a lot more awareness but sometimes they say oh you know it's too expensive to get um business cards printed sustainably, for example. And it's like, Mm. well, you know, you need to do that cost exercise because, you know, there might only be a 10% increase in getting cards printed sustainably versus non-sustainably printed cards. So Mm -hmm. um, do the homework, ask around uh, for the people that actually are doing things sustainably, you know, Mm -hmm. even your competitors, have a look at them. But if you are doing things sustainably and you just think that that sustained and run-of-the-mill thing that everyone's doing, Mm -hmm. it's actually not. There are a lot of people that could make some, again, some micro changes um, that will have massive impact, but you need to shout it from the rooftops because, you you know, it's a busy marketplace out there no matter what industry you're in. Mm -hmm. So if you are running a business and you do have some sustainable elements to it, shout it out, put it in your marketing, put it right across social media so important and there's mm. an there's a an example that i want to share and, and you may have heard of this company too but why i'm sharing it is because you know some of the changes that we may make as businesses is definitely going to impact um, some of the cost factors however if we look at the the business patagonia when they started they completely disrupted the the swimsuit 
because they wanted to make swimsuits that didn't damage the environment. So that means that their product was going to be a lot more expensive than some of the very, you know, leading brands that are very well known. And yet there was a market of people who very much were sustainably minded that were happy to support the business. And in actual fact, it's doing so well now. And I think that the, the slowly consumers' mindset are changing. A lot of the youth now are coming up being far more sustainable because it's like, well, parents and grandparents, you haven't looked after it. We need to make a stand <laughs> for it now too. And so there will come a ch- time where people are going to make a decision. Well, I'm not going to go with you because look at what you're doing to the environment. But I am and, I, and I'm happy to pay a little bit more because I know that it's going to impact our future for good. We're going to have a planet that we are still able to safely live in. And, and that's yes. really what I'm hearing too with some more of the youth, the younger market, I think. And, and particularly with the, um, the primary school aged children yes. where they've got a lot of sustainable programs in place. They've got the kitchen garden in place. They've got, uh, there's a lot more awareness of them coming through as well. Mm. Uh, but you've also got the, the next generation, the, the late teens, early twenties that just refuse to live an unsustainable lifestyle. And, you know, I take my hats off to them. And, you know, when I was early 20s, I had no idea about sustainability and, you know, what impact that I was creating. So, Mm. uh, you know, I think there has to get to a point where you've got the the younger generations that are kind of pushing the older generations to make change, uh, which is fantastic. But it does take a long time. Like, you know, this sustainable change has been building for years and years. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, um, you know... The, the issue with the recycling that we have currently in Victoria, um, I think is bringing it all to a head mm. to say, well, we just can't do this. We've, you know, our landfills are feel full, um, you know, the recycling facilities, they're falling over. Um, and so we, we need to make change. It's not a, it's not a, a, a nice thing to do. Yeah. It's a, something that we, we have, have to do to environmentally do because I've had people say to me, oh, well, that's a nice, a nice, you know, your sustainable lifestyle. That's a nice lifestyle choice. And I think, hmm. And, you know, they back away then thinking that that has nothing to do with them where yeah. it does. You well, know, and and meanwhile, see... some poor communities are living next door to a, a, a plant or, or, you know, sheds that have got how many sizes of the, the MCG currently? <sighs> it's 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 in, in incomprehensible. Yes. Uh, my husband showed me a video just yesterday, actually, and I don't know if you've seen it, but I want to share it because if people Google it, find it. Apparently in Singapore they burn their rubbish. It's on a daily basis, but they've, they've built this. Have you seen that video? Um, I don't think I have, but the Victorian government, the Australian government were talking about, you know, bringing back, not incinerators in our backyards because that was banned, yes. I think, in the 70s or 80s or something, um, you know, because it was bad for the environment. Yeah. But well, now no, this is, the this government is... are talking about yeah. bringing it back because yeah. they don't know what else to do with the rubbish. Well, this is what Singapore has done because they have, as you know, Singapore is a tiny, tiny country and they have, I don't know how many people living in it, but they have built this massive plant which burns um, you know, their rubbish 24-7. Of course, there's certain things that are sorted, but the plant, what it does, because it is poisonous, so they don't just emit the, the, the um, you know, the, the fumes into the air. They've got other things that, 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 that happens to it. But basically, the burning helps with the heat. That sends out heat. The it go the the fumes go through this recycling thing. So the air the the whatever comes out of the pipes is fresh air. Then they take all of the ash 
And they actually put it in certain allocated areas, but in water, it's certain allocated, so that the ash doesn't go out into the sea. Mm. And it, it's it's sustainable. It, it, it's all of those things. Now, it is done, and there's obviously there's going to be a, an expense, an upfront capital expense. Mm. But at the end of the day, if a small country like Singapore can do that, and there's many benefits from that, don't you think that, you know, I think every country needs to think about things like that because ultimately at the end of the day, from a long-term perspective, mm-hmm. it's going to make a positive impact for, for, for generations to come as well. Yes, um, yes. And if you look at our restoring recycling storage facilities, <gasps> um, everyone's standing there scratching their heads because nobody knows what to yeah. do with it. But and I think the general public... Of- Yes. We had no idea. You know, we just put our recycling in the bin. What happens after that? I have no idea. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people thought that it was all in hand and they were doing the right thing. You put your recycling there, your non-recycling here. And it's, you know, they people are trying to do the right thing. Yeah. But, you know, uh, when China stopped taking our waste, was it over 18 months, two years ago, mm. uh, you know, that was a really big red flag for Australia to say, okay, well, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to manage this? Because we yeah. can't outsource our rubbish anymore. Yeah. And so I don't believe there was anything done. Uh, and that's why we've, we've ended up yeah. now with all of the rubbish just piling up around our ears yeah. pretty much. And there is a $100 million debt to the creditors. $100 million, that's a lot of money that? that can go yeah. towards creating something that will continuously give back. I mean, sometimes you you, you wonder about some of these, you know, officials. Um, yeah, of course, the initial capital costs, but what's the cost of not doing something? Well, $100 million, and that's just in yeah. I don't know how long, and we keep you know, it, it, it's a problem that continues to uh, to grow. And every it always reminds me of that metaphor, and I'm sure you've heard it, where you see all of these starfish on a beach and someone's walking with someone else and picks up a starfish and throws it into the sea. And they, the other person says, well, you're not making much of an impact. Look at all of the starfish. He said, well, I made an impact to that starfish that, you yes. know, they throw back. And that's the way we really need to look at it, isn't it? Just it one is, small change consistently over time. And when we yeah. start doing that, we'll inspire others, having conversations such as the one that we have had today. Let's share a little bit about some of the work that you've done. We've got a little bit of time left. I'd love to hear more about you. And then, of course, how can people get in contact with you? Wow. Well, my my 100% focus is on the environmental sustainable side mm. at the moment, um, as well as the cafes, restaurants. It's I believe we can, I can make just as big an impact Mm. in consumers, getting contact with consumers. And so um, I had a friend of mine encourage me to write my book, which I published uh, late last year. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And that was about uh, my journey in terms of lightening my footprint. And as I said, you know, the one thing that's come out of that is to tell people, make one change at a time, Mm. ingrain that, ingrain that change, um, into your subconscious and then move on to the next one and I'm a big advocate for looking at all of the smaller things like your plastic bags like your single-use coffee cups to change over to um, cloth bags is my my go-to cloth bags or hemp bags Um, and food waste food waste is another big one Mm -hmm. and you know if you're a human being living on this planet you're going to create food waste and so you can actually save money uh, but also save the environment by diverting that 
food waste from landfill mm -hmm. and you know sending it off to somebody else's compost bin or creating your own compost bin and it's so super easy to do that so lots of small changes to be made um, by living by example I encourage other people to make change for example when I go somewhere and I unwrap my sandwich you know from a beeswax wrap for example and they say what is that how do you make that um, and so you know I've now run um, a beeswax wrap making workshop and I sent them all off with their little kits that they sent home went, went home with and hopefully they've all made their own beeswax wrap so it's it's little things like that so if we're living by example mm. we actually are giving permission to other people to go you know what I really wanted to make change but I don't know how I don't know where to start I don't know what to do I don't know where to buy the stuff mm. and so you know by living by example you're actually giving people permission to go you know what I'm going to use beeswax, beeswax wraps I'm going to get rid of the cling wrap out of the kitchen mm. or you know in the office at home or at home and make that one sustainable change yeah I love that and Liz mm. how can people get in contact with you and find out more about the awesome work you're doing well I love living on Facebook uh, so they can contact me there Liz O'Dwyer on my personal page or there is a page for the book which is called switch on sustainability and that also will later today have a link through to a self-paced online program oh, that can help people step through change and it gives them all of the what the issue is why it's an issue in our environment as well as how they can make change so there's online resources there'll be uh, downloadable resources that they can uh, ac access and jump online and purchase whatever they need to purchase or make it if they need to make it or you know it'll give them out outlets as where to go to actually get the product that they need to make sustainable change happen. Oh, love it, love it, love it. Yeah. yeah. And of course, um, for those of you who are watching today and catching up on the live, uh, Liz, jump down below the comments, if you will, and add all of those links because then people can uh, then click through as soon as they've watched that. But for those of you who are listening to the podcast, go to Facebook and uh, do that search and you'll be able to find all of those details there. Thanks once again for coming on the show, Liz. Thank you so much, Emma. It's been lovely. You've been listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training.